Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. Amen. Uh, so yeah, if you would uh, turn to Genesis 18, I'll be there in one moment. I remember a handful of years ago, I was in Nicaragua, and um, America has a, has a funny history with Nicaragua, and I don't mean ha-ha funny. Uh, I mean, like, uh, uh, America uh, as a government, and I love America. I'm glad that I'm here. I'm a vet. I'm a fourth-generation vet. I'm the first. Uh, I'm the first. Well, no, no, no. It was a job. I needed a job. Thank you. Um, and uh, I'm, the, I'm the first of the fourth generation not to actually serve in uh, active combat duty, uh, which I'm thankful for. Um, but, uh, like, so I love America. I love being here. I love, I'm thankful that I was born here. Um, although I believe anywhere I was born would have been blessed. Uh, but, uh, it, 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 you know, I was in Nicaragua a number of years ago, and America has a sordid history with Nicaragua in that we, we like to kind of mess with other people's governments. Have you noticed that? This is not me putting America down. We, we, we mess with other people's governments. And uh, in the late 80s and in early 90s, America was trying to destabilize Nicaragua. And so America was funding uh, what we called the Contras, the, those who were against the government. And uh, the Sandinistas were the, the, the government. And, um, and uh, it was kind of an ugly, ugly, ugly war. A lot of people were killed. The first time I went to Nicaragua, I've been to Nicaragua, I think, uh, over 20 times uh, in, in doing missions work. Saw just amazing miracles. And, and um, the pastor that we visited there named my wife and I sons and daughters of Nicaragua. He gave me a flag, gave my wife some maize. And she's like, I don't know what we're supposed to do with this. And uh, she's like, don't eat it. Don't make sure you cook it right because it could be poisonous. We're like, no, we'll just eat bread. We're good. Thank you, though. We, I appreciate the sentiment. And um, so we were there one time, and what we didn't recognize early on was in the middle of the summer, uh, Nicaragua celebrates their overcoming of the American back Contras by uh, kind of letting everybody loose, and they kind of blow up the streets, and they let off fireworks, and, and uh, drunken uh, mobs kind of roam the streets celebrating that uh, Americans uh, were defeated in Nicaragua. Now, I didn't know this when I started planning mission trips to Nicaragua that same week, right? So I, this is kind of like the ignorance of, of not really knowing what's going on. In some years, uh, we would be in a compound uh, and listening to the drunken hooligans blowing up the streets outside. Anybody remember that? Anybody remember the bombs going off and people being terrified? Uh, I remember uh, Diane, uh, uh, Brandon's wife there, uh, having a nervous breakdown, thinking we're all going to be murdered. And, um, and, and uh, a, a good pastor friend of mine said, uh, you know, he, he visited us where we were staying one time. Uh, honey, could you do me a favor? Can you make me see through these? That would be so helpful. Um, and so a good friend of mine um, in Nicaragua, uh, he came and visited us. He said, listen, here's, here's what I need you to know this year. This year is like some sort of special celebration of this, uh, this revolution uh, that failed and the Sandinistas' victory. And he said, what, what happens is, if you've been to Nicaragua, when you drive down the middle street of Managua, they have these massive, ornate artworks uh, in the middle of the street. And, and, and if you've been there, you've seen them. And you can Google them, the artwork in the middle of the street in Managua. And there's, uh, they go for miles. And uh, what happened was, the, the wife of the president of Nicaragua, was uh, she, she practices um, kind of a voodoo-type religion that's in Central America. And... Um, what she did was she, had a, she had, did a sacrifice, had a dream that night of this, this spirit that came and gave her power, and then she wanted to declare that over Managua, this demonic power, and so she made these huge um, idols all throughout the city, and these things are like 100 feet tall, they're massive. And so what happens is, um, 
they have this, this group called the Young Sandinistas. And uh, on this Revolution Day, um, what the president's wife does is she offers sacrifices to this spirit. Uh, and then she declares it over all these uh, t-shirts. Thank you, my beautiful wife. Give it up for Pastor Tracy if you would. You see, this is, that's why she's in charge of pastoral care. Because she's taking care of the pastor. You see what I'm saying? That's, that's some real pastoral care right there. And so what they would do is they would buy t-shirts for all the, 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 the Sandinista youth. And then she would offer a sacrifice and she would kind of sprinkle it on all these t-shirts. And they distribute these t-shirts to all the Sandinista youth throughout the country to wear that day. And then they would go out and they would uh, maraud as, as, and it sounds crazy, right? Does this sound crazy to you? It sounds crazy, but, but and so the pastor met with us. He said, hey, this year, um, the, the tensions have risen and we're releasing, and there's a, a bigger thing happening. I've told all of my church members to not leave their houses tonight uh, because these people be marauding and they're looking for anything they consider Western influence, including evangelical Christians. Evangelicals there is anything that's not Catholic. And so he said, including um, evangelical Christians. And so tell your team to wait in the compound tonight, don't go out tonight. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little hard of hearing, right? And, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little on the stubborn side. And so um, I said to myself, well, that's, that's interesting uh, that they worship this God um, uh, because there, there's a funny thing about demons. I don't know if you know this or not, um, and, 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 and false gods. The funny thing is that they're not real. There is one God, right? There is one God, and he has a one begotten son whose name is Jesus. And if you confess the name Jesus, you come to that one true God who anoints you with the Holy Ghost and fire. And then you have power over everything that's beneath God, which includes these demons that worship a false God. Say amen. And so I, I, I heard this from the pastor and we had an order. Listen, everybody, we're staying in the compound. Well, I didn't say that. I said, you're staying in the compound tonight. Nobody of y'all is going anywhere. And I just felt something in my spirit rise up, like, how dare you? How dare you try to stop the move of God once to do in Nicaragua with your demonic, your demonic influence? And so we said, we're just going to walk the streets defiantly, but wisely, uh, and just, 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 just declare that the word of the Lord reigns over this town. We were about an hour and a half outside of Managua at the time, and uh, and so we, uh, we went and we began to just, just a friend of mine and I, actually it was two friends and I because I don't speak Spanish and it's good to have somebody with you who speaks the language if you're going to be arrested to know what's going on, right? And so we're, we're wandering the streets just declaring the word of the Lord, witnessing the people, trying to win people. And then we saw a group of Sandinista youth and we're like, okay, this, this could be ugly because most of them were armed with AK-47s. Um, they're getting ready to get drunk. They start, they start the pre-gaming, if you know what I'm talking about. They start pre-gaming about midday start drinking so that at night, you know, they can, they can start wilding out. And we meet this guy in the, uh, in the market, and uh, we say, hey, how you doing? You know, we're, we're, we're missionaries from America, just wandering, telling people about the love of God. And, uh, hey, have you met Jesus Christ? And they're like, he starts telling us about the Sandinista youth and uh, the power and whatever it's doing. I was like, that's fascinating. Can you please tell us about this? And so we sit down, and we, we have some coffee, and uh, and uh, we eat, like, we found this little, this little, if you've ever been to the developing world, it's not exactly like America. You may know what I'm talking about? Like, like dogs will want, randomly wander into restaurants, and the restaurants aren't really restaurants, right? And so there was somebody cooking meat inside of a Bustelo coffee can over, like, a little fire. And we're like, we'll have some of that, you know? Like, just give me some of that, whatever. Because when I go on the mission field, I like to adventure eat. 
right? I, I, don't, I don't eat a lot here, but when I go on the mission field, I like to adventure eat. I like to like just see what the anointing will protect my stomach from. And um, I'm, I'm shooting about 75% on that one right now, just to be completely honest with you, right? Uh, about three quarters of the time, things go well. A quarter of the time, I wish I was never born, right? And so, and so we're, we're adventure eating uh, with this guy uh, who is telling us about the spirit that, that moves in uh, Nicaragua. And I was just like, the more he talked, I had two conflicting emotions happening in me at the same time. Because I began to, when, when you begin to um, minister like that, all of a sudden, uh, the Holy Ghost shows up. If you ever want God to show up, start telling someone about Jesus, Holy Spirit shows up immediately. And so I'm there, and I'm beginning, we're just talking about our experience with the Lord, talking about the love of God, talking about Scripture, talking about Jesus. He's talking about this spirit and wanting to break the spirit of poverty, but he didn't call it the spirit of poverty, but he called it, you know, the American oppression, which, which I understand. And, uh, and he, he's teaching this thing, and we're teaching about a whole different kingdom. He's teaching about his kingdom and this demonic kingdom. We're talking about the kingdom of God. And when this is happening, he thinks we're having a dialogue, but really we're releasing the word of God over him which does not come back void. And so as we're talking, he's, he's not getting agitated, but we could tell the spirit realm is getting agitated. Because when this happens, you know, dogs just start randomly barking, right? Uh, 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 babies start crying. Winds start to blow. Weird things start to happen when you really encounter the demonic realm. You know what I'm talking about, right? Some, some of you know what I'm talking about. Duke, Duke, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, things start to shift in the atmosphere, and people start getting worked up, and you might think that there's a, is an emotional thing. See, some, some of you right now, and I know why the Lord told me to tell you this story. Some of you, you walk in a room, and start, things start to happen, and you think it's you, and you think there's a problem, and you start internalizing. Really, it's what you carry. It's really it's what you carry. Like, your chaos starts to manifest. So, so we're just talking to this guy. Come on, somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. One class, we all clap. Come on. So we start to talk to this guy about, you know, what is it he wants in life. And we start talking about the love of God. And he sits there, and he just starts shaking. And now, when you're, when you're, in, when you're in a demonic area, and people start shaking, you don't know if it's good or bad. I've had it go both ways, right? Good is better. Right? When it's good, the Holy Ghost comes and just transforms people. When it's bad, they get terribly violent and it gets a little scary, right? Then, it, then it's a lot more work. But he begins to start shaking and he begins to start sweating violently. And, uh, and we just start talking to him about the love of God. And then he starts crying uncontrollably, telling us how his mother has been praying for him for years, telling him he needs to leave the Sandinista youth and he needs to turn to Jesus. And so we said, well, maybe God flew us all the way from America, right here at this little table, at this little place, that for a language I don't even know, just to show you that God loves you and has a better plan for your life, and this thing can come off you right now. And so he's wearing this red Sandinista shirt that had, been, had the, the, the blood of a sprinkled sacrifice on it. He's wearing this shirt. We're in the market. Everybody's looking, these gringos looking at the, the, this, this, this Nicaraguan, and, and we're just, we just get in this moment. We say, let's just pray right now. And so we just lead him in this prayer to the Lord, and he just begins to cry. I mean, like, he's doing that heaving kind of cry, that deep soul cleansing kind of cry. You know that cry you got to do every couple years when you're like, I got to dump some stuff that I thought was going to happen and the only way I can offload it is that deep, deep cry. You know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. It's healthy for your soul. It cleanses the tears, cleanses your soul. And he does this deep cry. He had been drinking half the day ready to start acting a fool. And we pray for him and he don't know what to do. 
and we don't know what to do, and, and we tell them about this church we know, and we just bless them in the name of the Lord, and we're like, I feel like our mission here is done because people are starting to kind of gather a little bit and look at us, and we're like, all right, time to get back to camp, right? And so we start walking away, and we're like, did that really just happen? And we're like, did that really just happen? And we look back, and as we're walking away, we see the guy, and he takes off the red shirt. He's got a white shirt on underneath it. <laughs> he drops the red shirt. And he goes home. And I'm like, that's the kingdom of God right there. That's what happens when the kingdom shows up right there. Amen? Like, this is, this is, this is, this is what happens when the kingdom of God shows up. And, 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 and this is not a new thing. And this isn't a special Pastor Carl thing. This is what God has been doing from the beginning of time. God is trying to show that Jesus Christ is the living Messiah. And every other God is not worthy of being worshipped. You say amen? Listen, there are people looking for the truth, are looking for answers, are looking for life, but all they are getting is religion, they're getting cultic worship, they're getting hero worship, they're getting false narratives, they're getting nationalism, and we are here to share the gospel of Jesus Christ that sets people free and connects them to the presence and power of God. Can you say amen? Amen. And so we're going to crack open the scriptures this morning because this is the story God has been telling since the garden, that there is a living God that will set you free from the bondage of the enemy. Say amen. Amen. Come on. Genesis chapter 18, verse 1. We're going to talk about this story as we've been, we've been in this message series about Abram and Abram becoming Abraham and coming into the promise. Abraham is on a journey into the promise. Amen. Verse 1, it says, Now the Lord appeared to Abram by the oaks of Mamre while he was sitting at the tent door in the heat of the day. When he lifted up his eyes and looked, behold, three men were standing opposite him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in your sight, please do not pass by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a piece of bread that you may refresh yourselves. After that, you may go on since you have visited your servant. And they said, so do as you have said. I want to talk today about hosting the Lord. Talk about hosting the Lord today. We said last week that... uh, the love of God is unpredictably creative. If you know that, he's, he's unpredictably creative. If, uh, there's a little funny thing. Some of you will get this and some of you won't. I'm not supposed to tell jokes to inside crowds on the pulpit. But if you're in a mixed marriage, you know, you have no idea what the kid's going to look like. Any people down with this world know what I'm talking about. You just have no clue. You just, you just got a mom, you got a dad, you roll the dice, you're going to be like, Curly hair and blue eyes, right? Like straight hair and black eyes. You just have no idea what the kids are going to look like. Like God is unpredictably creative in in his creation when he mixes things together. You don't know in your circumstances how things are going to work out. We think we know, but we don't really know. God is creative, but he's unpredictably creative. And likewise, we know that God is faithful but he's unpredictably faithful. If I can get it in your heart that God is faithful, he is faithful to his word, he's faithful to his promises, he's faithful to his character, but he's faithful in a way that you cannot predict. 
Anybody say amen to that? You did not know when that breakthrough was going to come, but it came. You did not know when the voice was going to come, but it came. You did not know when the blessing was going to come, but it came. And as we look back and we see how God has come through for us, it, it should help you look forward to say, I do not know how God's going to come through, but he's going to come through. He's going to come through. When we receive Jesus, we sign up for this unpredictable journey. I don't know if you knew that or not. I, don't, I, think, I, think, I think the way we evangelize and the way we tell people about Jesus, we're not really faithful to the story. It's almost a, a bait and switch at times. We tell people, man, anything that's wrong, God's going to make it right. Anything you're upset about, God's going to make you happy about it. If you're poor, God's going to make you rich. And if you're in a struggle, God's going to take away the struggle. And you all know that ain't true. You know that's not true. You know God's going to bring you something better than what you could have thought of. But some of the things you thought of, he's going to get rid of. And we got to keep perpetuating a false gospel because we evangelize people with a false lure. And so we got to keep making up a new God to fulfill the promises that we made. But we really just need to tell people, God is actually good and he's worthy to give your life to. He's actually worthy to lay down your life for and receive the plan that he has for your life. Because it's better than what you could have come up with. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I remember when Tracy and I first got married, I was praying for twins. And God did not come through with that promise. And I just said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I could barely handle the two I got three years apart. Two at the same time would not have been a blessing. But God knows. God knows. Now, see, years earlier, God had come to Abraham and Sarah, and he promised them. He said that they would have countless descendants, and that he would establish a homeland for them. And as you read this story, and I hope you are reading this story, as you read it through more than once, I want you to notice a couple things as you study the scripture. This is not a Bible study today, but I kind of want to help you read the Bible. The Bible is not, a, it's not a manual for life. It's not a rule book on how to follow things. It is how the perfect God interacts with some really messed up people like me and you. Right? This, this, this perfect God comes into our imperfect, no, 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 cursed, no, 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 logic-stricken world, right? This world that operates as if it's stuck on stupid, and God comes time and time again and shows his goodness to people. This is the story of the Bible. And so we see the father of faith, Abraham, time and time and time again, really messing up, really getting it wrong like really not being faithful to God's promise, really not trusting God's word, yet God keeps showing up time and time and time again, showing himself faithful to messed up people. When you read the Bible, when you study the scriptures, stop looking for people to emulate and look for the God who is faithful. God is the hero of the Bible. In every story, God is the hero. There's very few people in the Bible you want to be just like. Like, oh, I just want, you know, like people have these prophecies over people. You're going to be like, you're going to be like Esther. And I'm like, oh, I don't think so. No, no, no. Have you read about her life? No, thank you. Oh, you got anointing like David. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, thank you. No, 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 no. I don't want my son to be like David. Thank you very much. But no, thank you. I'll just take Jesus. 
I'll just take be conformed to the image of Christ. Thank you very much. That's that's that is my goal. I don't want to be like Paul because I don't. I'm scared of being shipwrecked, right? I, I don't want to be about like Peter because I don't want. I don't want to be murdered upside down, right? I, I don't want. I don't want to be like. I don't want to be like. Oh, you got the anointing of Elijah. Really, a lot of depression there. Then I hope you. You know, Xanax might be important for you. I don't. I don't know. Like, like no, no. How about Jesus? How about we just point to Jesus? This is who we're going for. Jesus. All right. And so when you read this story of Abraham and, and, and Sarah and what happens through them, I want you to see yourself, but not as the hero, but as the one God wants to come rescue in spite of your, your, your bad mistakes, in, in spite of your bad decisions, in spite of how you got here, in, in spite of you know, what, what, what brought you to this place of crisis. God is still faithful in the midst of it. And so at, at this point in our story, you know, they had had Ishmael in rebellion uh, God told them that Sarah would have a baby, but they didn't believe him, so they kind of did something on the side that was nasty, and they had this baby Ishmael, and now it's been 13 years since they had Ishmael, and, and after 13 years, you would think, <clears throat> you know, God, God, this is it, right? If God gave you a promise, and it's been 13 years since the promise, what do you do with that? Anybody been there? Anybody got any 13-year-old promises? <clears throat> and, 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 and yeah, 13, 20, 26, right? Like, like, the, like the, these promises get... They start to get old and you start to not really believe the promise that you got. And so here's Abraham and Sarah. And they got this Ishmael, this, this child that was not the promise of God. It was their way of filling God's promise. And, 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 and at the same time, there's a city nearby named Sodom. And they got their nephew Lot is living there. And there is chaos going on in Sodom. Like there's craziness happening in Sodom. Like Sodom is like it's worrisome. It's like if you're in Ukraine and there's war happening just to your east and you're like, I don't know what's going to happen here because things are so crazy over there. And they're living not fully in the promise, chaos all around them. And, and, and they don't know what's going to happen. And the Lord in his, in his entourage, as we read here, decides to show up on the scene and the Lord is heading towards Sodom. The Bible tells us a little later, the Lord is heading towards Sodom. And Abram is standing outside his tent. He, he sees the Lord and his entourage walking by. And he stops them. He stops them and, and he calls them and he, and, he, and he makes a place for them in his house. He, 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 in the midst of this chaos, I want you to hear this. In the midst of this chaos around Abraham, he makes a place for the Lord in his house. There was chaos in Sodom. But there wasn't chaos in Abraham. And, and this peace in Abraham, this, this being settled in Abraham, invited the presence of God into his home. And so he brought them water, the Lord and his angels, and he gave them some rest. He gave them refreshment. And even though there was chaos in Sodom, Abraham never stopped looking for God. The enemy wants you to focus on the chaos around you. Focus on God. Abraham, the, 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 the world today wants you to focus on deconstructing your faith because of all the faults that they have misinterpreted in the Bible. Don't, 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 don't look at what, just look for God. Look for the Lord Jesus Christ who rescues. If you want to find something in the Bible, look for how God rescues the brokenhearted. Look for that. Can you say amen? This, this in the midst of like, I don't know. I don't know what this means. If I, as I'm even studying Abraham, and I'm studying Genesis, I'm like, I do not know what fully is going on here. But I'm not looking for what the sin of Sodom is. I'm looking for the goodness of God. 
This is what I am looking for in the Bible. And you find what you're looking for. I need to tell you, you find what you're looking for. You have a blessing that is coming, and you need to be looking for it. Can you say amen? You have a blessing that is coming, and you need to be looking for it. I feel like that's a better word than you're responding. There is a blessing that is walking by your house right now. Are you waiting to welcome it into your home? Come on, tell your neighbor, I'm looking for it. I'm looking for my blessing. I'm looking for, I'm looking for my blessing. I'm looking for my blessing. I, I, I'm focused on it. See, the Lord shows up and Abraham notices the Lord because he had had this encounter with him. And he welcomes him into his house. And then the angel of the Lord starts talking to Abraham about the promise that he had spoken to him 13 years earlier. He starts repeating it. You're going to have a son. It's going to be nations. And, 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 and Abraham is like, um, yeah, um, if you read the story, Abraham, he don't really believe it. You ever told God you don't really believe him? Or you don't really believe what you heard God say? Let's be real right now. Have you ever talked to God and didn't really believe what he told you? Have you ever been like, I, I, don't, I don't see how that could happen, God? Have you ever been like, man, I, I've messed up so bad, there's no way God could use me now? I've missed it so many times, why would God visit me? You ever like been so sure that God was going to do something, he didn't do it, and then you gave up, and you were positive that your giving up disqualified the promise? Have you ever been so hurt and so frustrated that you gave up on God, and you went about your life. And you somehow convinced yourself that what you do is more powerful than who God is. That's the point of this story. You see, our words will fall to the ground. The Bible even says that the gifts one day will cease. But the word of the Lord endures forever. It does not say it's disqualified by your behavior. It does not say that, you know, I will be God as long as, you know, you are a good boy. No, see, he's going to stay God. He's, he's, going, he's going to stay God no matter what you do. And I, 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 I ministered to someone recently, and they were crying uncontrollably, and they were just so thankful that the Lord had come back to touch them. And I was like, God never left. You're the one who left. He's been with you the whole time. You've just been ignoring him. Now you've just welcomed him into your tent, and you're receiving the blessing that he's always had for you. See, See, he tells Sarah, hey, listen, I know it's been 13 years and you're 90, you're 90 years old now, but you're going to have a baby. And she's like, <laughs> is it possible at this late stage that I would have a baby? Is it, she literally says, at this age, would you make me happy? You got any past due promises? When you think about how you used to believe God for them, now you just kind of laugh. There is an anointing here today to bring resurrection to those promises. I'm here to tell you. You might say to yourself, what was I thinking? What was I believing? I'll tell you what. You were believing that God is good. Let, let me tell you this. Um, St. Ambrose of Milan said this about 1,700 years ago. The devil tempts that he may ruin. God tests that he may crown. You see, you have been in a season of testing. Will you believe the word of the Lord or will you believe what came into your mind? Will you believe what God said or will you believe what the enemy tempted you with?
Will you believe who God is or will you believe what you have done? You see, the Lord has come to crown people at the end of their period of chaos. You may be wandering through the desert right now, but there is a promised land on the other side of a river that God wants to bring you into and bless you if you will keep your focus on Him. Can you say amen? You see, this trial is for a purpose. God is working some things out in your character so He can crown you and you can carry the anointing God has for your life. There has to be a structure to carry the blessing. Come on, somebody. There has to be a structure to carry the blessing. And we have to stay faithful to the purpose and the call so we can carry that thing that God wants to do in our lives. Let's pick up the story. Genesis chapter 18, verse 12. Sarah laughed to herself. Said, after I have become old, shall I have pleasure? My Lord also being old? You ever been so stuck in depression you don't know how to get out of depression? Listen, this 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 thing that you're going through, it's a season, not an assignment. It, it, it is a season, not a calling. It, it, it is a season, it is not your purpose. It is going to pass. If you are in the bottom of the pit today and your marriage is on the rocks or your finances are in turmoil or your kids are acting a fool, I'm here to let you know it is a season. Also, if everything is going well, you're batting a thousand, the bank is full of money, and everything is coming up roses, friend, it's a season. We have to be prepared no matter what the circumstances are around us, to declare God is still good and He's working something out on my behalf. Verse 13, And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I indeed bear a child when I'm so old? I need some of you to get this on the inside. You ready? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? This is what God said to His creation. You think that I can't do what I said I was going to do? Is there anything too difficult for the Lord? Listen, friend, there is nothing too difficult for the Lord. Sarah did not know the power of the Word of God in her life. Sarah did not know when God had spoken something over her, that was the end of the sentence. That was what God had intended to do. That was God's purpose released in her life. God had promised to Abraham that he shall have a son and he shall have heirs through Sarah. And Sarah somehow thought that her circumstance disqualified God from being faithful. And he's like, is it possible that I could be limited by something on the earth that I created? Who is the potter and who is the clay? Who is the creator and who is the creation? Who is the God and who is the man? He spoke in another part of the Bible saying, were you there when I formed the earth? Were you there when I separated the earth from the water? Were you there when I breathed life? He's like, no, I am the God. I speak things that aren't as if they were. I am the one who authors what's happening here. You are not living. 
limited by your circumstances. I am still the God Almighty. Remember, He is the God El Roy, the God who hears. He is the God who sees. He is the God Almighty, El Elyon. He is not limited by what you're going through. He's not limited by our economy. He's not limited by your foolish children. He's not limited by what our government says. He is the Lord God Almighty. He was and is and is to come. Amen. Get it on the inside of you. This is who my God is. We act like God's not able, like we're doomed, like it's over. It's not over till God says it's over. And you'll know that when you get on the other side and it's over will sound like well done, good and faithful servant. Until you get that, it's not over. If you're still breathing, there you still have a chance. Amen. If you're still breathing, God could still do something. And when you're dead, he could still raise it to life because that is my God. Amen. He is the God of the resurrection. Come on. Come on. We need to act like this is our God. We act like he's limited. Is there anything too difficult for the Lord, he says in verse 14. He says, at the appointed time, I will return to you at this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. None of that was conditional. None of that was conditional. At the appointed time, I will return to you next year. Jeremiah said it like this about the word of the Lord. He said, he said is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer which shatters a rock. This is the word of God in your life. You're like, oh, there's a big old boulder in front of me. God, what, how, 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 can, how can I get around this thing? He's like, isn't my word like a hammer that shatters the rock? Isn't the word of God like a hammer that shatters your poverty? Isn't the word of God like a hammer that shatters your depression? Isn't the word of God a hammer that shatters your infertility? Isn't the word of God like a hammer that shatters your family issues? Isn't the word of God a hammer that shatters the racism in this country? The word of God will come and fix all of these things. There is nothing that can stand against the word of God. Amen. I am convinced in my soul that the devil may rise up against you, but the word of the Lord is like a hammer to confuse every plan of the devil. Oh man, I feel the anointing right now. I feel like God is breaking something in this place. Oh Jesus, I want to prophesy, but let me just keep reading right here. I want to keep this going. Oh my goodness, honey, I feel the anointing right now. I feel like the Lord is breaking yokes right now. I just, I know in the name of Jesus, the devil has risen up on so many ways that people in this house are called, but the word of the Lord has come to set the path straight. I am here to let you know. Angels have come to anoint people in business and others use that for their own purpose. But the word of God comes to shatter those selfish plans that have sidetracked the plan of God. I'm telling you, there is an, there is an entrepreneurial anointing that God is re-releasing in this house. And people will see flourishing in their business. There is an anointing on this house for worship that the devil has tried to steal. He has confused and caused selfishness and false prophecies to come and rob it. But the Lord is raised a standard in the name of Jesus and I tell you I tell you Stanley one day you will be saying which drummer are we going to use today which keyboard player will come today who's going to sing the solo today don't got room on the platform for the singers that are coming 
We need to figure out where to put people in your life. You're like, I need to have another bank account to put this, and I need another person to help me with those finances. I got to hire somebody to manage this part of my business. I'm telling you, the Lord is doing it in our, in our midst right now. I feel it in my spirit. I feel it in my spirit. I feel it. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Listen, they don't messed up the promise and had sex with, with, with Hagar. Hagar wasn't supposed to be in the picture, but Hagar had the baby. Hagar was blessed anyway. Why? Because Abraham was blessed, and the people he messed up with were blessed. But, but, but they went off and did foolishness, but they still continue to this day. Why? Because he had a promise. See, someone may come and try to steal part of your promise for their purposes. Some of y'all done come into, 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 into agreement with some people, and you thought that they were the one and they don't mess you up. They mess with your finances. They mess with the contracts. They mess with what they were supposed to do. And they thought that they would be blessed because they saw the blessing on you. Now, it will come back and curse them. And I'm here to let you know that angelic assignment will come back to you. It will return home. The Lord, the Lord will pass by your tent, but you need to be ready for him. I'm prophesying. This is the word. I feel, I feel the word, Tracy. I feel, I feel like God is talking right now. Mike, I feel like the Lord is talking right now. In the name of Jesus, I'm here to let you know. Hallelujah. So, mm, Duke, I feel, I feel the anointing, Duke. God is, the word of the Lord is coming. And it will shatter some, some boulders in the name of Jesus. It will shatter some boulders. It will shatter boulders in the name of Jesus. I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you. And you're like, what's happening? Probably some breakthrough. Probably some breakthrough. Probably some breakthrough. Probably some breakthrough. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. He's just, he just driving his little dump truck through people's lives, getting some nonsense out the way. I feel it. You're like, Pastor, this looks crazy. You've seen what the earth looks like. I'm ready for something different. How about you? I'm ready for different. Anybody ready for different? I'm ready for different. I'm ready for different. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Sodom had the power to sidetrack this blessing. This nonsense in Sodom, Abraham could have been focused on what was happening in Sodom. His, his, his nephew's there. Like, man, I, I, I got to focus on this chaos, getting all this chaos right. And Abraham's like, ah, that's God's problem. That ain't my problem. I need, to, I, need to, I need to stay focused. Abraham was set. He had God's promise, but he, he doesn't rest there. He knows that the angel of the Lord, when the angel of the Lord shows up to rebellion, judgment comes. The Bible tells us when the angel of the Lord shows up to rebellion, judgment comes. You have a very brief moment of opportunity to repent, and then judgment comes. Like, oh, pastor, preach nice stuff. Oh, this is nice. The, the Lord is merciful, and he will not let injustice last forever. Anybody got any injustice in your life? The Lord will come and judge it. The word of the Lord will come against that. He will come against that injustice, and righteousness will be done. And so the Lord is passing by, <clears throat> and the angels they they get up and they and they and they go to uh, ha and they go to uh, toward Sodom and 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 Abraham's a he's a man of God, and Abraham says, uh, hey 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 hey, I see you going to Sodom, but do me a favor, don't 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 kill everybody, would you please? And they're like, well, we're gonna we're gonna have to do what we have to do, and he's like, listen. If there's 50, will you not do it? And the Lord says, if there's 45, I won't do it. He's like, well, if, if there's 40, will you not mess them up? If there's 40 good people? And he's like, yeah, I won't, you know, I won't judge them if there's 40. He's like, what about 30? God's like, yeah, no, no, if there's 30, I won't, I won't. 
What if there's 20? Yeah, if there's, there's 20, I won't. What about 10? Yeah, if there's, there's 10, you know, I won't, I won't mess them up. Because the Lord knew. There weren't even 10. See, most people think they're more righteous than they are. And so, and so the angel of the Lord goes down to Sodom. And, uh, and because of Abraham, they, <clears throat> they go to visit Lot. And, and where Abraham had welcomed in these guests and made a place for them, Lot got nervous. Lot got nervous when the Lord showed up. This is what happened, man. I just, I got a, I got a message here, but I need you all to get this. This is important. Come on, somebody. When, <clears throat> see, when the Lord shows up, the wicked get nervous. When you show up to your job after having encountered God on Sunday, and your, 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 your co-workers start acting a fool, and they start calling you self-righteous. Oh, they always talk about Jesus. Like, why does that bother you? Is there something in you that don't like me talking about Jesus? What, what, what might that be? Got any t-shirts from Nicaragua by any chance? You been, in any, been in any festivals that got a little blood on the shirt? There's something that happens when a blood-bought, spirit-filled child of God shows up. Been praying in tongues and, 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 and prophesying the future. and Got a word from God in your heart. Something happens. Something happens. Things start to manifest because you're different than the world. There's a promise on your life. Other people trying to figure stuff out. You got a promise on your life. And so these angels show up and Lot's getting nervous. Why? Because Lot knows how to get along with the world better than he knows how to get along with the Lord. And so Lot, he, he says, hey, hey, quickly, quickly, um, 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 you can spend the night here real quick and then, I need you to, and then you can go. And they're like, no, that's all right. We'll, we'll sleep out in the public square. And Lot's like, oh, oh, no. That's like when you don't want people to look at your browser history or the apps on your phone. You, 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 know, you know what I'm talking about? You don't want people to look at where you've been spending your money. Lot didn't want the angels to see what he's been connected to. Maybe you just go very quickly and I'll just let me hide this. And the angel's like, no, no, no. All right, we'll stay in here real quick. And so he, he, he's in the house and then people start banging on the door. And the people of, of Sodom were like, hey, um, you got some people in there. Uh, we'd like to come and rape them. It's a crazy story. It's just a crazy story. And the angel's like, yeah, we, we'll, just, we'll just say no to that. Like, we're not really down with that. All right, let's, um, nah, we're good. And, um, and they're like, no, no, no. Now we're going to do it to everybody in the family. And, and, and Lot, like, acts really poorly and offers up someone else to be raped. I mean, it's a crazy story I don't have time to unpack right now. And so the angels, you know, they kind of move Lot out the way and kill everybody. The entire city was, was destroyed. And uh, Lot, his family went bad. He wound up living in a cave. His daughters rape him. It's like it's a bizarre, bizarre story. But the story originates with Lot had not made a place for the Lord in his life. He had not consecrated a place for the Lord. He had not hosted the presence of the Lord in his life. He had not let the word of the Lord and the ways of God be settled in his heart. So when God showed up, God showed up as judgment instead of his blessing. Abraham had the promise of God in his heart. Even though he wasn't walking it out right, at least he was looking for God. So when God showed up, there was a blessing that he received. When he showed up to Lot's house, Lot wasn't ready for the Lord. And so when he showed up, he had to kind of clear some house. Let me tell you this, we all want a new level in God, right? We want, we want greater in God. And, and, and write this down if you're taking notes. Most kingdom promotion comes in the opportunity to be found faithful. 
most kingdom promotion comes in the opportunity to be found faithful. Abraham had just been grinding for 13 years, just doing what he knows how to do. He messed up, but he was guarding the promise of God in his life. In your life, maybe, maybe, maybe you're supposed to be a greeter today. Maybe you're supposed to witness to your, to your, your, your co-worker. Maybe you were supposed to be faithful to God with your money. Maybe, maybe you, you've been kind of like, ah, is church important or is it not important? Is God important? Is he not important? Most of the blessings in your life are found in being faithful. Just faithful to God. Just showing up every day because you never know in God's unpredictable faithfulness what your day of blessing will be. But you've got to be there to receive it. Can you imagine skipping work the day of promotions? See, I have found, and I'm, 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 I'm going a little long here because I feel like the Lord is speaking. <clears throat> I'm going I'm to speak a little confession to you right now. Early in my ministry, I was so desperate for the move of God. Like, I was just desperate to see people come into an encounter with God. Desperate to see people get anointed. Desperate to see people get healed desperate for people to get the prophetic word of the Lord. And I spent a good portion of my early Christianity seeking the Lord in the secret place, that he would anoint me to do miracle signs and wonders. And, I, and I, I've seen every miracle I've ever heard of short of being physically translated or raising the dead, right? Uh, I, I, have, I have seen stuff I don't even believe I saw. Uh, I've seen it all. And I've seen people do stuff. And, 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 and um, but there is a difference between, I have come to learn, there's a difference between the anointing on you and the anointing in you. The anointing within you is who you are. It's the character. It's the faithfulness. It's the faith in God. It is the long-suffering. It is the love. It is the perseverance. And it is only when that anointing is solid that you can carry a mighty anointing upon you. There are so many miracle workers in the body of Christ that I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust them to cash a $10 check for me. I, I, I wouldn't trust them to watch my grown kids for five minutes. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust them, but, but, but they, could heal, they could heal the sick and they could prophesy and they could do miracles. And I wouldn't trust them driving my car because they don't have the character to carry it. And you see so many of the great revivalists of our history, at the end of their life, they were false prophets or they're adulterers or they split a church or they, they, they just do these wicked evil things. And you're like, this person was so gifted. How do they do that? And, 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 and Christian television is filled with them. I mean, they're filled with them. If you've ever been to a Benny Hinn crusade, you probably don't talk bad about Benny Hinn because you've just seen more miracles in one day than you've seen in your entire life. And yet there's stuff surrounding these people that you're like, what's wrong with them? It's because they focus on the anointing upon them instead of the focusing on the anointing within them. Now, the anointing within you is your character. The anointing within you is what makes you faithful to the word of God. The anointing within you says, I may not have seen miracles today, but I'm okay with that because God is sovereign. I need you to hear this. There was a time that I preached that. I want to be careful right now. I have come to learn that God is sovereign. And I pray for every sick person I come across. And Jesus heals many of them. And sometimes he doesn't. And it's not my fault. Hear me. 
Jesus said, I go to make a place for you. We're all destined to die and go to heaven. I mean, if you're saved, right? And if you're not saved, we can fix that. That's really easy to fix. But the anointing on the inside of me longs to be with Jesus more than he longs to be a healer here on the earth. There is a connection with God that is on the inside of me that says, man, I want that connection for you. And so I will spend time in the secret place so that this personal walk with Jesus can be personal for you as well. More than I just want the gifts and call to be upon you. Does this resonate with anybody? And what God is doing in this season is He is creating a people who have the character to carry His blessing. If you're part of this house, what God is doing as He's teaching us to pray and read His Word and witness to the lost and to serve in the house of God is He's giving you an internal anointing to carry the mighty, weighty anointing He has on this house so that we could finish well. I want to finish well. I want to finish well. In the end, Lot didn't do this. His city was destroyed. His house was destroyed. His family was destroyed. And then the angels, <clears throat> the angels, after dealing with that, a year later, they come back to Abraham. If you skip ahead to Genesis 21, are y'all getting this? Are we good? Are we, are we connecting right now? All right, good, 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 good. I need a little reassurance. I'm human here. A year later, he shows up, <clears throat> Genesis 21, then the Lord took note of Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. So Sarah conceived and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the appointed time of which God had spoken to him. Stanley, come if you would. When the Lord visited Abraham, Originally, I want, like, if you get nothing out of this, I want you to hear this. When the Lord visited Abraham, because of Abraham's relationship with the Lord, Abraham got a blessing. He got a promise from God. And because of Abraham, Sarah got a word, and something of that word got on the inside of her. She didn't even know it. <clears throat> she didn't even believe it. She didn't live it. She didn't recognize it. As a matter of fact, she laughed at it. She didn't know what God had placed on the inside of her by speaking a word over her. She thought somehow that she had power over that word. But God is God who is sovereign. God is God all on His own. The writer of Hebrews said it this way. He said, by faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive, even beyond the proper time of life, since she considered him faithful who had promised. <clears throat> Maybe you got some overdue promises. <clears throat> Maybe if you were to look at your, your, your buckets right now, your promises fulfilled and your promises disappointed are not equal. Maybe you got a disappointment bucket that is way more full than your promises fulfilled bucket. Sarah didn't have faith in what she had received. The writer of Hebrews told us she considered God faithful. 
Now, what if she had a baby when she was 20? Well, everybody has babies at 20. Some people have babies at 30. Adventurous people have babies at 40. Careless people have babies at 50. Crazy people have babies at 60. 70? People are like, I'm, I'm not down for that. I'm, I'm, I just want to wave at people and say hi. 80-year-olds having a baby. Guinness starts showing up, right? To put you in the book of records, right? You have a baby at 90? Like, you're like, did, did your hip not break while you were pregnant? Like, did, what, how did you, what? That, that got to be God. That's got to be God. Maybe, maybe God is waiting until all you got is a promise. And he let you run through every little contingency you could come up with on your own. So there's no way that you will get glory for that breakthrough. Maybe, maybe right now you are in the desert because God is letting you work out all your little plans to make his purpose come to pass. So that when it happens, you can say, God is faithful. My wife is not 50, and I am. Uh, <clears throat> and we were having a conversation the other day, and uh, um, I don't know if you know this, but Benny Johnson, uh, Bill Johnson's wife, passed uh, this last week of cancer. She's had a long battle with cancer, and uh, she was 67. I said, honey, that's only 15 years from now for me. And she's like, I don't really think about those things. I said, because you're not 50 yet. You start thinking about these things. Like, 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 how much time do I got left? And I tell you, the Bible tells us tomorrow is not promised. As you get older, you start taking that a little bit more seriously. But tomorrow is not promised. And we keep going around the mountain trying to do our own plan, helping God out. And God's like, hey, I want you to find me faithful. Here's what I want you to do. And I want to commission this house. If you're part of this house, if you're not part of this house, get part of it. Because God's going to see some miracles come to pass in your life. I want you to start carving time out of your life to spend time with God. God has a word for you in the secret place. He has a word for you in the secret place. He's got an answer to some problems. He's got a, a solution to some mysteries. He's got a direction where you feel directionless. He's got, he's, got, he's, got, he's got a salve where you have a wound. If you're taking notes, write this down. I want you to start asking God questions like this. How can I cooperate with you in this season? Stop asking him, why is this happening? Or how are you going to fix things? Stop saying, you know, God, I thought we were going to do this, and, and, and now we're doing that. Stop asking those questions. Just start asking God, how do I cooperate with you in this season? Abraham had a promise from God. And God was trying to help him work with him. We have a similar promise with God, 
We have a similar covenant through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 10.13 says, Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You say amen. Stand with me if you would. I want to close with this. If I don't get you to stand, I'll just keep preaching all day. God has a covenant with Jesus to bless those who have faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. And God promised Jesus that whoever comes to faith in Him will be adopted into the family of God. And when you're in the family of God, you have access to all the God stuff. Now, I I let many people come to my house. I have guests over regularly, and we enjoy that. And sometimes I let people go in my fridge, and they get their own drink or whatever if we're close enough to allow them to do that. But only family goes to the refrigerator in the garage. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There's levels of intimacy. We had a get-together at a house recently. My wife said, don't let nobody in the garage. Like, not even in the garage. I'm like, what's wrong with my garage? I like my garage. It's a mess. Nobody goes in the garage. He says, except for you, me. Like, I get to see the mess in the garage. Anastasia got to see the mess in the garage. But we certainly don't expect anybody to go rummaging through the kitchen and the fridge in the garage. That's the stuff we're saving for later. This ain't the appointed time in biblical speak for you to be seeing what's in the garage refrigerator. That's for later. My wife bought me some chicken tortilla soup that was in the garage and I came out to get some lunch yesterday and my son is cooking it. I'm like, what you cooking my soup for? What? What? That was my chicken tortilla soup. Why? Why are you cooking the soup for your lunch? You know why? He's a son. And sons have access to all the father's stuff. Amen. My son's at an age where he starts wearing my watches and my jackets and my, and my shoes. I'm like, not those shoes, bro. We ain't, we ain't at that place yet, but. Because he's a son. You need to recognize that you are a son when you, re- when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. You're a daughter of God. You are a son of God, and you got access to the refrigerator in the garage. You got, you got access to the messy parts of the house. You, you, we, you, you know, we, we hide all the, all, the, all the little pool toys from the kids coming over and destroying them, but you have access to the pool toys. I let lots of people swim in my pool. Some people get to jump off the roof into the pool. You got access to the ladder to get on the roof and jump into the pool. You got, you got access to the promises of God. You got access to the, to the ways of God. You got access to the promises of God. You got, you got access to the, to the resources of God. You have access to the answers of God. The world, they got to they just kind of figure things out on their own. But you don't just got a therapist. You got the Holy Ghost and therapy, right? You got, you got, you got the Lord coming bringing all things together to work out the issues that are on the inside of you. When you receive Jesus Christ, you had a better covenant than Abraham had. And Abraham messed up his covenant time and time and time again. And they said, God is faithful. And you got a better covenant, the Bible says, through the Lord Jesus Christ because he didn't sacrifice rams and bulls like he did in the old covenant. He don't put up his own son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. And by that sacrifice, your sins are not just covered, they are washed away. And you can come boldly before the throne of grace encountering your God where your hope is anchored beyond the veil in the very holy place where Jesus now dwells. You have a better covenant. And in the appointed time, the promise of God will come to pass in your life. 
I am here confidently. As, 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 as much as I know, as much as I know that I know that I know that Tracy is my wife and I know that I know that God has called me to this church, I know that I know that I'm saved. I'm here to tell you, I know that I know that God has sent me today to declare to you that your blessing is coming. Your blessing is coming. I know that I know. Not a question in my mind. How do you know? The Lord told me to tell you that. Most of this message is me. I'm here to let you know the Lord showed up and told me to tell you that. Your blessing is coming. Come on. And as you guard and you nurture and you feed that anointing on the inside of you, spending time in the secret place, reading your Bible, declaring the word of the Lord over your life, letting God take care of your temper and your judgment, your controlling nature. As you let God transform that inner man, it's going to manifest in every area of your life. Every area of your life. You will rise up and they will call you blessed. You will walk in a room and people will recognize the anointing of God on your life. And demons will flee from you. And I'm here to tell you the hurts of your past, the Lord will heal. He will lift the anxiety. He will lift the depression. And He will put a hope on the inside of you that defies the bad report of the devil. And the word of the Lord will come to pass if you say amen. We're going to sing in a second, but I would be remiss if I didn't give you an opportunity right now to come into that covenant with God. I feel the anointing right now, Anastasia. I feel the anointing of God in here, Duke. The Lord is doing something right now. Yeah, 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 the angel of the Lord showed up to me this week and he's here now. And he is swinging his sword, breaking off bondage right now. I tell you what, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray and then I will give you a moment to give your heart to Jesus. I, will, I am going to hold back the curse of the enemy on your life right now. I feel it right now, you foul, wicked devil from hell. I declare the blood of Jesus is against you. I declare the blood of Jesus is against you. I declare that you are a liar in the blood of Jesus. The Lord has given me authority over this room. You return to the one who sent that curse. There it is right now. Call on the name of Jesus right now. Receive him as Savior right now. Right now, in the name of Jesus, if you need Jesus in your life, if you're away from God, if you're away from the place of prayer, you're away from faithfulness, if you've not given your life to Jesus right now, I just want you to say, Jesus, come and save me. Come and save me, Lord Jesus. I believe that you died on a cross for my sins. Well, let's everybody say it together. I believe you died on a cross for my sins. I believe that you went to the dead. I believe you rose from the dead. I believe that you ascended to the right hand of the Father. I believe that's where you're praying for me right now. I believe that you sent the Holy Ghost for me. And I believe you're coming back for me. Today I receive you as Savior. The devil has no power over my life. The curse of sin is broken.
Me and my family is blessed. Give me power over the enemy. Give me power to be a witness. Give me power to serve your church. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Give a shout to God. Come on, shout it. Come on, shout it out. Shout the enemy off you. Shout the curse off you. Shout the bondage off you. Shout the blessing. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, 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 come on. Give a shout. Thank the Lord. Come on, thank him. Just thank him. Give five seconds and thank him. Spend five seconds. Come on, just thank him loud. Give him a praise. Give him a praise. Ghost of God, come right now and anoint your people. Come right now and anoint your world. Shake Kabakat Tedebe. Anoint your people right now. Come on, flood this place. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long In the name of Jesus. To be overcome by your prayer. We said again. Say, Holy Spirit. Come on. The sweetest of love. Declare his faithfulness of your life. When my heart becomes free. Yeah. And my shame is undone. He's anointing some people to carry this right now. Come on. He's anointing some people to carry it right now. Come on. Let's say it again. I've tasted. I've tasted and seen. Oh, God. I've tasted and seen. Come on. For the sweetest of love When my heart becomes free And my shame is undone He's breaking rocks right now He's breaking rocks His word is like a hammer Shattering rocks right now So we sing Holy Spirit Holy Spirit You are The glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. If you need to go, we bless you. Thank you. We're going to have some greeters in the lobby uh, who'd love to get you connected. But I feel like I need to just lay some hands on some people who just need anointing to have rocks broken in their life. With the anointing of God on the inside of them. So we're going to go back into this song again. We're going to welcome the presence of God. But if that's you, I want you to come forward. I want to lay hands on you and I want to declare. I want to declare broken. I want to declare it's broken in the name of Jesus. Just come on forward. I want to pray for you right now in the name of Jesus. Better is wanting. Better is wanting than a thousand elsewhere. A thousand elsewhere. Better is. Better is wanting, better is wanting than a thousand elsewhere. Hallelujah. Thousand elsewhere, better is, better is wanting.
I've tasted and seen. In the name of Jesus. I've tasted and seen. Of the sweetness of love, yeah. When my heart becomes free, yeah. And my shame is I declare in the name of Jesus a new season of prophetic vision in your life. The Lord giving you words to shatter the rock with. In the name so we see it out right now. Spring Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Come Lord, this place in the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is part of our love to be your In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. By your presence, Lord, Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Flood this place, come flood this place. Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare an anointing for hope. Hope for a new season. That they would see in the distance. Our hearts long for to be overcome. Hey, that you would see. You would see the promise of God in the distance. I declare an anointing to see the Lord riding in. Riding into your situation. Riding into your situation. You deserve praise, oh God. Worthy is your name, oh God. And worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve praise. Worthy is your name, hallelujah. Worthy is your name, yeah. Jesus. Broken in your life. Broken in your life. I declare the season of wandering Jesus, comes to an end. Jesus, you deserve praise. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name, Jesus. Oh, oh. Oh, oh. You have no rival. You have no Pastor Tracy, where are you at? Now and forever, God, you reign. Your I feel like the Lord is going to end the roadblock in your life. Just soak in his presence. Soak in his presence. I declare broken. Season of wandering comes to an end in your life in the name of Jesus. In the net, in fire, in fire of God upon your life. I declare in the name of Jesus a new seat. It's a new season. 
It's a new day, fresh anointing is coming my way. It's a new season, it's a new day, fresh anointing is coming my way. Yeah, it's a new season, it's a new day. Fresh anointing, yeah, it's coming my way, oh God. It's a new season, yeah, it's a new day, oh God. Fresh anointing, yeah, it's coming my way. Something saints. He... I love you forever. I love you forever. I love you forever. Lord, I love you forever. He says you gotta commit all these things to the Lord. It can't be about you. It's got to be about the Lord. I don't know what that means, but he's like, it's got to be about me. It's got to be in my kingdom purpose. And all of these things will come to pass. Oh, Jesus. Come on, come on, come on. Let him touch you. 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 You can stay at the front. You can go sit down. You can go to Red Lobster if you want. But meditate on the Lord. The Lord is doing something. The Lord is doing something. The Lord is doing something right now. He's doing something. The altar of the Lord is crying out. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you. The Lord is waiting for you at the altar. I mean, in your home. I love you forever. I love you forever, Lord. I love you forever. I love you forever. I love you forever, Lord. 
Spirit, Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want. You're all we Holy Spirit, come and touch, touch us all in this house.